It's Tuesday, September 28th. Kelly Collis, a very happy National Neighbor Day to you. Ooh, I like this one. You gonna like bake a pie for someone, or what are you gonna do? No, I don't be a bake good pies. neighbor. No, I open up my back porch and have some wine. That's about as good as it's gonna get. <laughs> I like your modern twist on a tradition. <laughs> Broadcasting around the Beltway and beyond, it's Tommy and Kelly made in DC on the Real Fun DC channel and on demand anytime, anywhere you get your podcasts. So let's get started with some birthday news. Um, a very happy birthday today to my husband. Uh, he is having a birthday, and I'm not saying how old because he'd kill me. So there you go. <laughs> oh, he's at that age. Okay. Yeah, well, <laughs> I mean, it's yeah, but yeah. you know, I no, I I can understand it and relate. <laughs> <laughs> I keep saying he keeps getting better with age, but I think it's not being processed. His listening ears aren't open about that one. Okay, just tread lightly, Tommy. Well, I did tell him he's not as old as Rock Creek Park, which celebrated 131 years yesterday. So there you go. But he and Rock Creek Park are the same sign. (laughs) Is that something he's known? Like, you know, your celebrity birthday buddy, like, does he know that? I don't think so. I think this is news to him. Um, I didn't know it was Rock Rock Creek Park's birthday either. Um, but it makes it one of the oldest parks in the country. And yesterday, uh, Eleanor Holmes Norton put out a, I mean, it's unclear what she's allowed to do because she can't vote. But um, she was like, hey, we should make it a national park. So the hope is to call it Rock Creek National Park because the only oh. thing different from it and the monuments is that it's nature made. Yeah, that is interesting. And it because technically is a national park that the National yeah. Park Service, Service handles. Right. Well, and... <laughs> To clarify, she can't vote because DC's not a state. Yes, I know. It's really a, quite um, an injustice. You know, let's talk about that for the next rest of the show. What do you think? No, no. Let's talk about something that's just adorable that just like hit my social media feed yesterday and I mm-hmm. just could not get enough. The Caps have a new dog. This I is Biscuit. Mean. It's a nine week old chocolate lab. And they released uh, yesterday the Capitol's press department, which did an incredible job, a video of the dog just basically doing that. And then all the Caps players coming in and meeting the dog for the first time. Oh, I I love it. Seeing these giant players come in with all their gear on and just like be on the floor, letting this dog just topple on top of them was just everything I needed yesterday. And the Caps pup biscuit, the new one, has his very own. I don't know if it's a doggy playpen or indoor dog park, or (laughs) maybe it's where Bradley Beal used to get dressed. I don't know. But whatever it is, like he has his own room, his own like social media set inside of Capital One Arena. Yeah, it's so cute. And of course, this is, uh, again, a partnership with America's Vet Dogs, and they're going to be raising this dog and training this dog to help veterans and uh, first responders with disabilities over the next 14 to 16 months. So this is just, I mean, here, here come the players. Look at, look at this. I mean, they just are, you see this dog and like yeah. these grown men are just getting on the floor. They still have their skates on and like, hello. I wonder what they told them to get them into that room, right? Because they've got, they got their, yeah, like their full pads, their skates on the whole deal where they like, coach needs to see you in that room or like what the deal was. The dog seems like less impressed too. This dog, totally. you know, they, they say that, you know, they can tell these personalities that are, you know, good for training for this type of job um at a very young age with the puppies so yeah 
they go through you know, a lot of screening because I mean, the, yeah. my goodness, the, the, the service dogs that serve uh, these veterans and people who have disabilities are smarter than most people. <laughs> yes. And so they really have to figure that out early. Oh, he's just so cute. Mm -hmm. And of course, you can follow all of Biscuit's adventure did take over the Caps Pup uh, Instagram and Twitter handle. So it's just I mean, look at that. And honest to goodness, I might one of my first dogs was a um, chocolate lab. Hershey, Aww. may she R.I.P. And so, and she had puppies too. Like this is just everything to me. Oh, I love it. I love a good puppy story. We should mm -hmm. do more puppy stories. There should always be more puppy stories. Yes, and also kudos to the press uh, folks over at the Capitals because you just you, you do a great job. You serve up a press release with photos and videos that we just wanted to watch all day yesterday. So well done. No matter how the do. season goes. Great. You have Biscuit. <laughs> and um, Captain, the first Caps pup, is um, with a local veteran, which is really cool, too. So hopefully we'll see Capital Captain at Capitals game at Capital One Arena. It's like they planned it that way yes. um, in the near future. So that's really mm, cool. He's the OG. Mm -hmm. um, speaking of something way more frightful than an adorable puppy, could you imagine owning a home in which some paranormal activity happened, some probably most famous paranormal activity in the whole world. Yeah. I didn't realize this. We all know, of course, the exorcist stairs that are in the famous in the movie and they're in Georgetown and, you know, sort of everyone goes to kind of check them out. It's like a sightseeing thing. I didn't realize that the house was in Prince George's County of where this teenage boy had the demons and they were exercised out of them. That that's like a thing. It's like a based on a true story. And it happened in the 40s. Did not know that. And the screenplay, and I'm, I'm getting to why we're talking about this today. The screenplay was written by a Georgetown student that learned about the story, which became the movie. Ah, and so then they made it Georgetown versus Prince George's County. Correct. So then imagine, fast forward to 2020, and there's these, this couple, this young millennial couple that's trying to get into this crazy housing market in D.C. with little luck until they find this house that was once the exorcist house. They didn't know when they bought it. You don't have to disclose if there were demons or ghosts there. You don't? I feel like you should have to disclose that. <laughs> no, they did not know until after they bought it. But they're totally cool with it. They're like, <laughs> I mean, the Washingtonian did an article about it. It's got a photo of the guy. He's got a Ghostbusters shirt on from the movie. That's pretty spectacular. <laughs> yes. I, I like he's in on the joke, sir. Nice work. And he's also saying that the demons don't convey. Right. Like they were exercised out back in the 40s and it's fine. And it's a really cute little home and little bungalow. Um, and they are loving living there. So well done. Look at that. Wow. You don't have to. <laughs> I mean, get some sage. It's fine. Um, I've never seen the Exorcist movie um, because I don't like scary things because real life is terrifying enough. But uh, I feel like sage is going to you need more than sage for what was happening there. <laughs> Well, but the priest apparently did their job and, uh, you know, got the demons out. So I. Would you buy a were. house that you knew was exercised? Well, they didn't know when they didn't know when they bought it. Right. OK. But I guess it's public knowledge because the address was was published uh, at some point. So people did know, which is why it wasn't selling. But it just wasn't disclosed. You know what I mean? Oh, okay. So that's like if you didn't do your research, it's on you. Yeah. Well, kinda. Huh. I mean, this is totally this is not in the show plan, but this is like just sort of a separate thing. Like you should do your research. Did you hear about the woman who got her DNA tested 
by one of these like third party sites. And she and- found out she's 100 percent that B. <laughs> no, she found out her father was a is a on the FBI most wanted list for the last 40 years. What? For, for killing his three kids, his wife and his own mother. What? In D.C. In D.C. This was like a big murder back in the 70s. Yeah. And she was put up for adoption. <laughs> so I'm just saying, like, you hey, do your research. Hang on. <laughs> hang on. I hope you have enough background detail because I got a lot of questions. When did this story come out? Uh, um, your boys over at Channel 4 had the story. Okay. Your boys and girls. Yes. Was this yesterday? I think so. Yeah. So this random woman, I think she lives in Vermont now. Uh-huh was adopted. Her parents have passed and she took, you know, one of these tests that you do yeah. and the DNA turned up a relative because the DNA for this guy obviously is like in all the records because, right. you know, he was, he apparently like killed his entire family and um, dumped them in West Virginia, I believe, and dumped the car and he's never been seen. And that was her father. Now when she was put, he, a- when did he have her? Was she put up for adoption before the murder family? I believe so. Yes. Yes. Because he has not been seen. I know. Right. So this is, I'm just saying the internet can be scary, right? Like you buy a house, you should just double check things. And that's, this is, she is example A, why I do not submit my DNA. I just (laughs) don't want to (laughs) know. I have a friend who um, found out that there was another child in the family over that whole thing. Yeah, so like, I you can't unknow that. I, I, yeah, I mean, I guess. Wow, I that's crazy. I thought John Hinckley getting out was the big story <laughs> of yesterday. My goodness. Yeah, so just do your research before you buy anything or do your DNA. Man, just know what you're getting into. What a news day we had yesterday. I had yesterday off. My goodness. <laughs> wow. Well, you have to go watch that later. Holy cow. Please tell me Pat Collins did that story. No, I think it was Sean Yancey. Okay. I I had it on the background, but then I was like, ooh, this is a good story. And then I showed my kids. I'm like, this is why we don't do DNA. Okay. (laughs) You don't want to know. So it doesn't help them find her find him because he's still on the loose. They just have his DNA from probably the crime scene. Yes. Well, they're hoping now that with this news story that it brings attention to the story because they believe he's still alive. And they have like renderings of what he would look like. 40 years later, yes. And My also, goodness. if there's other relatives that come out of it, like maybe he had another, another family oh. and they submit their DNA, right? I don't know what's bigger, 23andMe's legal team or their communications team, <laughs> because I feel like <laughs> must be an army on both sides. thousand <laughs> percent. Wow. I also think you sign your life away when you take that test. But yes. Yeah, totally. My goodness. <laughs> um, speaking of kicking it way back in old school, um, apparently they're making a movie about the White House's plumbers. Well, kind of, sort of. I mean, that's like the tongue-in-cheek name of the the folks behind Watergate. That makes way more sense. Did you not know that? I mean, I, I mean, I knew it was from the Nixon era. Okay. Um, because I've seen photos up all over um, of people like getting photos with and about the sets that were happening because they are filming a lot of this stuff here in D.C., which is great. Woody Harrelson is in town and a bunch of others. Um, But I wasn't really entirely sure of the whole plumber situation. 
Yeah. I just got through Bagman about Spiro Agnew, so the plumber <laughs> thing was new to me. Okay, well, good because it's going to be an HBO docu series. It's been even the- better. I love it. They'll they'll teach me in, in full color. I'm down. <laughs> right. So yes, yeah, Justin Throw plays um, G. Gordon Liddy, mm-hmm. and Woody Harrelson, who was also in town over the weekend, plays uh, Howard Hunt, and they um, were in town and they did the whole like '70s car and did some campaign signs, a whole throwback to the '70s, and people on the internet. We're posting on Twitter. That's so, really cool. Yeah, sh- showing us all the different uh, uh, photos of the car. I think the cars. I think that's so cool how they do that. I, but- I was wondering this about cars. And we're showing some photos from uh, Washingtonian that people posted up of the cars. At this point, because the cars are so old, does Hollywood go back and find antique cars? Or are the prop shops just so good that they just make cars? Ooh, you know I what know. I mean? I don't know, but I feel like someone's getting paid a lot of money to handle and manage that process, <laughs> right? Like, like I, 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 when I thought about this with Wonder Woman, when they did the Wonder Woman movie here, and they had all the cars in the '80s, like, is it? Are they still doing that? Like, are they still finding old cars and like rehabbing them from junkyards, or are the prop shops just so good that they just fabricate the cars? I don't know. I don't know. It might be a little bit of both, right? Like. Looking at, if you're looking at the screen, there's a 70s police car that looks maybe like a Chevy Impala. I gotta be, they're probably hard to find a good old 70s Impala these days. <laughs> I don't know. People are, Hollywood's very resourceful. But this is really cool because Justin Throw is from D- the DC area. Um, so I love that he came back to his hometown and we haven't seen that, him in a while. Mm-hmm. He hasn't really done anything. Yeah, he's a, he's a good dude. You're saying he's yeah. a big supporter of the lab school as well. Yeah, he went to the lab school here in D.C. and um, has been a, uh, I know from people that, uh, families that go there, he's contributes to the auction every year, has gone back on campus, is a big, big uh, fundraiser for them. That's cool. Which is great. like, not forget where you came from. Totally. Totally. Justin Thoreau. All right. We talked enough about the 70s, Tommy. Can you like bring us back to the modern era? Yeah. Um, so... Oftentimes, when people from not D.C., like the states, run for office, they say ridiculous things about Washington, like there's no CrossFit gyms here or I'm going to bring my gun to the Capitol. (laughs) And I feel like of all the crazy ones we've heard recently, this one is not dangerous, but it's just stupid. Mr. Um, What? I'm, the floor is yours. I'm feeling very, I'm feeling very I, passionately about I know, this one, Kelly. I know. So Representative Omari Hardy from Florida, he's a state representative running for an open seat. I think it's Florida's 20th congressional district. Made quite the hot take about Washington. I'm just going to share it with you in case you missed it. Can we talk about D.C. food being terrible? Because it's not great, y'all, he says. Oh, yeah. I love that everyone got involved. Yeah, no, I'm not getting into whether or not I agree with him on policy positions either way, but he is from West Palm Beach, which is not exactly the culinary capital of the world. Well, yes, and I think many people uh, pointed that out to him uh, to point to like, you know, D.C. has Michelin star restaurants. Yes. Palm Beach does not. Correct. And that's not even it. Like, there's also just like a world city here. There's a, I mean, like Michelin, Michelin guide can't like, yes, that's a good, like mm-hmm. arbiter of good food, but there's also like world cuisine here. Like pick a, 
pick a flavor. What do you want? We got it all. There's everything in the way. It's a world city. There's everything, everything yeah, you could possibly want. We're killing it in fast casual restaurants too that are delicious. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, my favorite was Jose Andres um, response. He's like, even if that were true, <laughs> even totally. if we did have terrible restaurants, why would you come after an industry that all around the world is just struggling and trying to come back after in a pandemic world? Yeah, Jose like, Andres was way kinder than what I wanted to say to this guy. I know, he was very diplomatic. But you did chime in too, Tommy, didn't you? I did. I was just like, dude hasn't left the uh, congressional cafeteria, which was when I realized that he wasn't actually a member of Congress. He was hoping to be a member of Congress. And if you're on a job interview process, maybe this is not the best way to go about it. <laughs> the congressional cafeteria is not terrible either, though. Okay. But is it better than... Well, like, I don't know where whatever he they have in West Palm. He's got to quantify like where he ate in D.C. <laughs> Correct. And actually, I thought about yesterday reaching when I thought he was a real member of Congress. I, thought I was going to reach out to his press person yesterday to just have them have to answer that thing. But <laughs> then I was like, oh, he's not even a real member of Congress yet. He's a member of the state representative. So whatever. Well, he probably still has a press person. And that person was probably very busy yesterday. <laughs> that is very true. And also, um, I just feel like it was an unforced error, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, how many responses? I'm just looking at think. Um, how many responses did he have? Um, 1150 quote tweets, which should have been like mine. Um, but I'm just wondering if, especially um, a if thousand somebody... people responded. Banner day for him. Yes. The banner day for him. That's good engagement. <laughs> that is good engagement. His pers- his social media person is probably like, hey, uh, representative, you're killing it. Oh, oh, I'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you didn't take the tweet down. Well, I actually kind of respect that, right? Like, I, like if you put your foot in your mouth and you, you, you now it's part of your record because people have obviously also like he's a politician who's verified. So people have probably screenshotted it. And there's all those bots that like capture politicians. Um verified tweets so they don't go deleting things that are you know interesting Mm -hmm. but my further question is if you're a progressive for congress who's trying to break the status quo what were you doing in washington were you raising money yeah why were you ding 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 were were you at a steakhouse that wasn't super great why were you here and if Mm -hmm. if you weren't here that's fine just tell us why you were here that's all i'm asking for i'm just Mm -hmm. wondering Mm -hmm. asking for a friend is all that's right i thought the same thing i'm like he was here for a fundraiser Mm -hmm. which haven't been to a lot of fundraisers for political things, but you know what? The food is normally terrible at those. So maybe he's right. <laughs> yeah. Cause they do like pigs in a blanket and like, you know, I don't know. Not- Nobody in the history of ever was like, you know what? I'd love a good pig in a blanket at this party. <laughs> this party is this party could use a pig in a, a tiny one too. Not even a big pig in a blanket. This one could use a little piglet in a, bang- a blanket. <laughs> I just get so mad when people say stupid stuff about our city. Well, I'm glad you chimed in, Tommy. It makes me crazy. And that was the thing that I chimed in with was like the fourth draft of what I was initially, <laughs> what initially came out of my fingers. So as I'm getting older, I'm learning. Um, control. Control. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Thinking about your actions and the repercussions around them. Allegedly. It's exhausting. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> Hey, if you are delinquent on your um, DC tickets, great news. The amnesty program um, where you're able to be like, hey, I know I should have paid that parking ticket four years ago. And yes, my bill is $11 billion now. Forgivesies? 
Yeah, that's happening. So the amnesty program is going on. Um, they're getting rid of, uh, they're waiving late fees and fines and all that stuff in D.C. through December 31st. And DCist says that over 32,000 drivers have not like cars, not tickets, drivers, 32,000 humans have paid um, up on their original fees, giving the district $44 million that's worth insane. of speeding tickets and red light cameras. That's insane. Yeah. Now, red light cameras, those things are predatory. So maybe Representative Hardy could have come out against DC red light cameras and we would have, you know, oh. had something in common. Red light cameras, those are good. I don't like the speed cameras. I'm sorry, speed cameras. Yes. You should stop at red lights. Yes. Red light cameras are bad or good. Yes. Speed <laughs> cameras are bad. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Okay. Yeah, those red light cameras. Although the red light cameras, even when you stop sometimes, will flash you. And then you have this like moment of like, did I get it? Did it get me? Did it get me? Yeah. I was here. I promise I'm stopped the whole time. Yeah. But I guess someone knows and they yeah, figure it out. It through. See, one of the best, um, I forgot to, I forgot about this until we just started talking about um, the speed cameras. One of the best photos I've seen of a speed camera ticket was on. It was on 295 coming back into the city um, from Maryland when you go over the bridge mm -hmm. in 695, yada, yada, yada. There's a speed camera there that was like whacking people left and right. A person went through it and sped specifically and had their middle finger up their sunroof. And I'm like, you know what? That was worth the price. <laughs> that Talk about good social media engagement. <laughs> I thought and there, I thought there was another one on 295 that one went to and it wasn't that speed camera it was another one where someone got out of their car and like tried to break it down do you remember that story yes totally <laughs> he like took a baseball bat to it totally <laughs> and you know what destroying public property and like destroying government property is never the answer but I kind of felt seen by that person <laughs> right. he probably just had had too many of those tickets and he was just enough <laughs> Obviously, there's a camera on the camera, so you would have to go after the camera that's on the camera before you right. go on the camera. Right. <laughs> Not saying I would do it, but if I did. <laughs> You'd think it through. That's how you have to go about that. Also, um, you can catch up with any of our past shows. There are hundreds of them that are just as informative. Well, they're not all as informative. Today was a pretty informative one, Kelly. We talked about history and a little bit of politics, talked about food and not breaking the law, talked about puppies. Today was a, a pretty DNA? informative show. A DNA situation. My goodness. We're just like a regular NPR over here. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. We'll uh, wrap it up for today. We'll see you next time.